0: Have you ever met someone and thought their job sounded cool? Or perhaps you're wondering how you can get to a position that doesn't seem to match any of the qualifications you have at the moment? Well, if so, this podcast is for you. We found some people with jobs that you might not
1: necessarily know about or expect people to have, and we're going to ask them about how they got there.
0: Welcome to What Do They Do? A podcast about jobs and how people got them.
2: Should I go for it, sorry? No, 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 it's me, it's me, don't worry. Oh, uh. <laughs>
0: okay, okay,
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this new podcast. We're really pleased to have with us today, Emmanuel Akintaro, who is joining us to talk about what he does. So without further ado, I'm gonna pass over to Emmanuel to introduce himself. Hey Emmanuel.
2: Hey Ben, thank you very much for the intro and uh, Dean, both of you, thank you very much for having me on. Um, you guys, have heard my name is Emmanuel Akintaro, um, I'm a contract user experience consultant uh, slash business owner by day. And by night, I am a business owner and father. Um, I have a particular interest in pixel perfect design and creativity. I've had the pleasure of working with well known companies such as HSBZ, Visa, uh, Tesco Digital, to name a few. And then from my own company, happy to host a WordPress and web design agency. I've had the pleasure of working with professional footballers, schools, um, artists within the entertainment industry and much more.
1: Awesome to have you along. And I think probably to start off with then, um, amongst all of those things, you mentioned at the beginning that you're a user experience designer, yes. so it's possible some of the listeners won't know exactly what that is. So Correct. if we start with that, like what what uh, is involved in being a user experience designer?
2: Um, So there are quite a number of definitions for user experience designer, Um, but how I like to think of a a UX designer or a UX consultant is um, design from a perspective of the user rather than um, a a visual artist. So we focus on how design should work. So rather than um, all the pretty elements of design, such as the colors, imagery, fonts, we look at how... Um, if you take a website for instance, how you get from A to B or how you perform tasks, what the easiest route is, is the website um easy to use? If it's not, we look at ways at how we can make it easy to use. We look at all the the schematics, the planning behind the website before we kind of hand it off to a visual designer to then prettify it. Essentially. Yeah.
1: So do you do you spend uh, a lot of time kind of watching people interact with with user experiences and kind of learning from that?
2: Yeah, so a process that's involved in UX design is uh, user research, uh, competitor analysis as well. So if we had a blank canvas, um, we'd take a look at the market, see what's currently going on. Um, We see what common trends are. We see what uh, journeys are actually useful and what journeys might actually be a pain to use. And we try and translate to what the client is actually looking for. Um, so it's not a carbon copy of existing experiences, but you know, the weird currently exists, there's no need to create it. So we're taking current experiences and perhaps enhancing it so that we can create something unique for that individual, or for that brand.
0: This seems like a job that maybe didn't exist before the internet i guess like maybe in some ways with physical brochures and so on but i imagine it's changed a lot now because i i guess a lot of the stuff you're doing is on apps or websites is that right
2: that's right yes um so i mean you're right in saying it, it didn't technically exist before it would fall under the umbrella of a, a web designer so user experience design just was not a thing it's just something that you included as part of your job but you never actually spoke about it in the terms of user experience design. It was actually part of that web design package.
0: And if you rewind back to being 16 when you left school or finished finished year 11, did, is this what you thought you'd be doing? Did you think you'd be a contract <laughs> user experience designer or running your own
2: business? Uh, not, not by a long shot. Um, from, a, from a very young age, um, I was very much into illustration, drawing, sketching, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I just the other day I found um, one of my nursery reports, and right at the very end it said, "Emmanuel can usually be found in the corner doing some charming drawings." <laughs> I <was> like, wow! <laughs> I found in the corner doing some charming drawings. Okay, um, but yeah, from from a very young age, I used to um, draw, and then that kind of followed me through to um, primary school, secondary school. Um, got better and better. Um, but then it kind of translated into digital formats. Um, and that happened, that transition happened during college when I was introduced to Photoshop um, and then my first experience with um, coding as well, using a software called Front Page, which is historically yeah. all historically this. <laughs> you try and look at it, that was probably the most horrid thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, user experience design, it, I, I never even had an inkling of what that was back then. Um, I wanted to become an artist, to be honest. That, that was my thing, yeah.
1: Do you, do you still dabble with the art then? Or do you have any Well, I mean, with the things you described before about what you do during the day and the night, I don't think you've got time. But
2: <laughs> Just, I mean, my, my, my daughter is always asking me to draw her Peppa Pig or some character from her show. Now, So I'm, I found myself, watching cbb's just, just to try and get these characters out so um i do double every now and again but um yeah the time for my personal development is, is kind of come to an end to, to be honest yeah
1: it's, it's difficult isn't it because you've it, got two yeah. you've got two children that's right isn't
2: it? yes yes Um uh, my daughter is four years old and then my son who was just born uh, in april is he turned eight months last week uh so yeah it's been an interesting time
1: certainly yeah we're definitely Interesting time is a very, it's underestimating what's happened this year, but we can get onto that in due course. For sure. So, so when you kind of discovered this combination of the art that you've been doing since a young child, actually interesting While I mentioned that when you were at school primary and secondary, was that seen as like Emmanuel as a skilled artist, or were you described as like a doodler or getting distracted with doodling? (coughs) did you was it appreciated by your education establishments?
2: You know what? Um, it's funny you asked that actually. Um, now, I was actually quite skilled um, illustrator. You know, I used to watch a lot of cartoons. Now, I throw a few from way back in the day. I did I say way back. Tom and Jerry, Animaniacs from Cartoon Network. Ren and yeah. Stimpy. You remember Ren yes, and Stimpy? Yeah? Yes, nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> love that. My wife, I'll tell her about it now. She she finds it so disgusting because it's so it's so graphically detailed, <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because
1: it, it had those stills, didn't it, where it yes. was like super detailed, like, like a hairy tongue poking out and all that kind of thing. Every so often. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Exactly that. You could see all the greens, all the the steam coming off, all the hairs in there. Is that that
1: That what you aspired to? That is
2: what I aspired to, yeah. It was was that detail that I loved so much. Um, And then even going further beyond, you're looking at um, shows like Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, getting into that kind of detail. Um, Even before I started working in Photoshop, I kind of mastered Microsoft Paint. to the yes. point that I could, you know, draw Goku in Microsoft Paint with gradients, and you couldn't even do gradient in Microsoft Paint, you know, so I'd have to, like, take one shade of colour and then layer it with another shade of colour layer it with a lighter shade of colour and you can only undo once <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you made a mess, you'd have to start again so, yeah, it was it was pixel perfect planning when it came to paint, and from then on, yeah, so I'd say I was, I was quite skilled yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> So, like, so when you kind of found this kind of digital um, way of switching from illustration into that kind of design, where did that take you
2: next? Um, So, I so I I was doing illustrations by drawing, but then I would scan them in and uh, try to fill them in that way as well. And then I got used to the vector um, tool, which would allow you to draw curves. And now I found myself actually um drawing these characters with my mouse rather than a pen um and then that slowly translated some i can't remember when this transition took place but i started designing for web and for graphics um so flyers and that kind of thing um and i really got into that you know being creative seeing what's online what kind of things you could do in terms of um people interacting with it so that transition took place i'd say um, during college. Um, that's when I fully got into the digital design.
0: What year was that out of interest?
2: Uh, so what year was college? Um, that was 2002, 2003. Really yeah.
0: like pretty early days for the internet back then. As yeah. well. It seems kind of crazy to say that being that it's less than 20 years ago but that that was yeah. early days. Like websites were pretty simple things back then. HTML wasn't like particularly advanced. You couldn't do all the fancy effects oh, sure. using CSS and stuff that you could now. And so you're really like at the bleeding edge at that time. You were getting in at, at like really at the beginning. So you've kind yeah. of gone on this journey with the internet in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even without knowing it, um, you know, when I started first in college, um, I, you know, picked up front page and I saw coding and it was just. It was a completely different world to me. Um, But I saw how you could actually, you know, start to build separate elements, you know, basic HTML pages with this, add styling to it. When styling came into it, of course, that was a visual element that I really enjoyed as well. And the ball kind of got rolling from there for me, yeah.
0: Yeah. And was, was there something at the college or at school or a person or like was the art department there particularly forward thinking that got you into the tech or was that something that you just kind of picked up yourself you liked being around computers and kind of moved into the digital space because of that
2: yeah i liked being around computers and actually um coding was actually a module on the course that i was on um so i just become exposed to this particular area and kind of latched onto it um I mean that's that's the thing with me. If I if I find something I can latch onto it and I can just go through it over and over again. It's like listening to one track for a whole year. Um, my missus <laughs> will complain about it all the time. I'm, I'm 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 so bad at it. I could just loop it, loop it, loop it and not get sick of it at all. But I I'd latch onto something, I just, you know, embed myself in it until I've become good or um, you know, engrossed in that thing. Yeah.
1: Did you get, have you received your Spotify, like, sum up of the year? <laughs> <laughs> it's really short.
2: Oh, uh, uh, mate, really short, really short. You, 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 you see the three songs that are on Luke Prada, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I, I don't know if you got into this with a four and a, and a zero-year-old, but um, we have a few Google Homes across the house, and therefore, when the kids ask for music, it uses my Spotify account. So my summary of the year is ruined. You know, I've got a couple of things where I'm like, yeah, that's what I listen to. And then the third one, I'm like,
2: no, 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 that's the
1: kids, that's the kids. So watch out for that one in the future.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: So that that skill of kind of just going, this is my thing and focus into it, you obviously came naturally. Was there a point when you kind of went, you know what, This could be it. this could be my job or... There's there's scope for running a business out of this or how did that turn into a business and turn into a career?
2: Yeah. Um, So I met Lawrence uh, in college. Um, So I I, college is usually three years, but I stayed four years because I completely messed up the first year, (laughs) as you do. Um, And uh, yeah, I started a vocational ICT course. um, uh, And Lawrence was on the course as well. Um, and it was the third—I think it was the third year—that we tried to go into business. Uh, we wanted to go into a business, you know, have a, a kind of hustle where we could make a bit of make a bit of money, you know, not have to put too much effort in. Um, we started a clothing label um, called Lorenzo. Wow! Um, yeah, uh. guess 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 who that was named after? <laughs> 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 yeah. No points, mate. Right? Yeah, um, we should
1: we should mention actually that Lawrence, who Emmanuel's referring to, was on the podcast previously. So ah, I need to remember the exact episode, but we'll put the link in for Lawrence's episode, and um, so you can go back and and compare sure, <laughs> business yeah. partners.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we started a clothing label um, that transitioned into uh, kind of events raves <laughs> under the same name. Um, but, yeah, that that was weighing too much on our pockets, um, especially as students who were just broke anyway. Um, and that we just kind of put our heads together and thought, how could we, um, you know, make money doing something that we love but not have to spend so much as well? Um, Lawrence had, a, he had a very strong business mind, even from back then. Um, and, you know, I could, I could definitely rely on him for ideas that way. And I had the creative flair in me um you know i'd love to just even now just hide away and churn out the work you know uh, get creative in my own this space um so even from back then uh, we bumped heads together and we started happy toast uh as a web design company there um you know uh, we were creating websites you know straight html css hand coded no cms you know if if someone needed a if someone needed a website they'd come to us if they needed updates they'd come to us everything was done through us you know the the the, the long road to success um but yeah ever since then that's that's when we first started out with have to host and that's where it kind of um, triggered my mind and said actually you know what um this 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 could actually be something that I could look to go into going forward um if you know have to host doesn't work or happy to host gave me the platform to actually experiment with this. Um, And then going forward uh, in university, that's when I kind of latched on to UX design and fully understood how it works in terms of uh, from a user's perspective and also from a design perspective and marrying the two together.
0: You mentioned there, so after college, you went to university, you started a business with Lawrence during college, happy to host. Although the cloven label was new to me, and I'm, I'm yeah. I really want to see some of these original designs. Um,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to get some out for you. I'm sure they're they're lurking around somewhere. Lawrence definitely. Lawrence definitely still has the t-shirt. I know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see it. No, and then, yeah. did you happy to host? Did that carry on while you was at uni, or did you kind of have to put it on the back burner? So you had some clients, but it was really just like little updates here and there. Were you actively going out and getting business, or?
2: Um, so happy to actually continued through university as well, um, but it was just one of those things where you know bec- because I was living at home at the time. Actually, for the first year of university, university, I went to. I went to Scotland. Um, I went to <laughs> a university called Paisley University um, because at the time I was looking to get into computer games technology. Nice. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I I just thought you'd be, you know doing nice fancy creative work you know <laughs> you're playing games all day I actually thought this um and I looked for the course I looked for it and I, I couldn't find any courses in London that's one in Scotland so like, okay I'll go Scotland then um but obviously I didn't look properly because there's a wealth of courses in London that you know you could study this right um but I went to Scotland Paisley I was there for about a year it was horrendous that when the <laughs> truth came out that it was oh C sharp, C plus Oh, it was horrible. These are languages that I just went over my head. Far from HTML and CSS, yeah, I could not handle it at all. Um, so yeah, that 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 finished abruptly. Uh, came out to London. Started at Westminster University. Habitus continued. Um, even to say at, at Scotland, we then moved over to Flash as well. You remember Flash, Macromedia yeah, yeah. Flash. Yeah. yeah so i was coding an action script to motion tweening Ah oh, it, it was fantastic it was fantastic creating <laughs> <laughs> websites on that platform um but yeah over time as you can see that's now kind of fizzled out no no more flesh right it's uh all new web technologies that have taken over um but yeah going back into uni in uh, london we continued and we had you know working through the night bloodshot eyes lack of sleep all that kind of all that kind of talk um, you know I had no responsibilities I could do that kind of thing you know wake <laughs> up with sleep in my eyes you know just roll out and then go to course and then continue what I had to so yeah it continued through university um, and it was just yeah something that we that, that was our side hustle at the time
0: just want to touch on really quickly you mentioned Macromedia and it's just so easy to forget that that's a company that ever existed because now everything's Adobe right it's Adobe Dreamweaver um, exactly. Adobe Flash
2: exactly. and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. remember
0: having Dreamweaver on a CD back in the day. I can still it from a CD. That's just <laughs> not a thing. Now. You know, you could just buy it. Now you have to pay a monthly subscription to get the suite. And...
2: Exactly. Software as a service. You have to pay for all your softwares online and use them and pay monthly fee for them. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah. Dr- Dreamweaver. Oh Dreamweaver. I haven't used that in a long time. That's that's bringing back memories. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, but have a retro day of design. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Indeed, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean that links in with the question I was I was gonna uh, ask, which was around there's so like the the world that you're working in is changing quite rapidly all the time. Yeah. Um and you've already talked about like C plus and CSS and HTML and Flash. Like how do you go about keeping ahead of all these changes? So for people thinking, I'd love to get into web design or user experience design, but thinking, what do I look, like, what course do I go on? Do I need to go to Paisley or can I do it nearby? Like, <laughs> do you have any tips for sort of keeping on top of all of that?
2: Um, for me, I, I tend to have a moment in time where, uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, I do research on the market just to see what's happening in the web design world i mean i have to i have to try and keep up with the latest trends at least if if i can't code personally with the latest trends at least to know about them so that um, if there's a project that i need you know for instance react programming i can i know what react is for and i can go and you know hire a freelancer to come with the project to collaborate with us um but i think it's important to stay to keep your head um uh, Buried in the web design world, or whatever you do, just to ensure that you are keeping up with the latest trends. Um, I tend to look at um, award award awarding bodies such as CSS Design Awards or Awards.com just to see the kind of things that uh, people are doing in the world of web design. And you can see some amazing things going on. You know, they're doing some virtual virtual reality um, features webgl you know all these technologies that there's loads that i've not even heard of myself but you can see the 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 fancy work that they're kind of doing with it um it's no longer just about you know scrolling down a website and reading content uh, content there needs to be some sort of 3d element or some fancy transition going on when you click from page to page that 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 kind of thing always wows me and it's something that i do aspire to um so i think you know keep it Keep keeping in touch with the web design world is definitely a way of staying on top of um, you know, technology and web design going forward.
1: Of the reasons that we started the podcast was around this idea of kind of what jobs are people doing and did did the the skills that they picked up in school have any relevance whatsoever and and obviously there was this old idea that you know you might pick a career and stick with it for the the rest of your life and we feel that that is very much out the window now and and like you say it's that constant um sort of professional development that you take on yourself that i think is going to be so relevant for everyone from now on
0: yeah.
1: Um for anyone sort of thinking well what do i want to be i think mm. that question is becoming kind of redundant um yeah. and we all ask it for like kids right you're around it at friends. <laughs> Well, I say round at friend's house. We don't do that anymore. But
2: <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. in
1: the future you're ever having a Zoom call with your friends and the kids yeah. come on, you'd be like, <laughs> it seems natural to go, what do you want to do? But
0: it's, uh, it's quite a reductive question these days. Yeah. yeah. On that note, Emmanuel, looking back for you, it sounds like so much of your success is through your own drive and your determination. Like you said, you look onto something and that's it. Like You're going to keep at it until it's done. Mm. Do you feel like school did set you up? that or do you feel like it's really your own work ethic that you took through school that has enabled you to do what you do
2: now um that's that's an interesting one i think the uh the passion was born in me uh from a young age so as i say i love to draw i love being creative um but i think what what college and university did was help me to um focus it onto particular thing so you know I before college university you know I was I was drawing this and that illustration I wanted to be an artist but um, going through the educational process it helped me to understand now where I could actually use these skills to um, you know make something better or to provide a solution Um, and my creativity kind of was born out of you know, my, that that exposure to Photoshop um, and understanding that, you know, you could marry design with user experience together. I would not have known anything about user experience if it had not been for um, university. I'd not have known anything about Photoshop or digital design if it had not been um, for the, the short module that I did in college. You know, from that short module, again, I latched onto it. And it's just something that I personally went to develop in my own space when that module had finished. So for sure, I do think, um, you know, uh, going to school and college did help me to um, focus on what I wanted to do coming out of it.
0: Nice. It kind of gave you the space, it sounds like, to explore different things. And you mentioned there were some things like C++ and C Sharp that you tried, but that it just wasn't for you. And that's just as important, I think, in some ways as finding those things that really are for you that you can then run away with, like Photoshop, for example.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, you'll find things that you do like, you find things that you won't like, like, yeah, I absolutely detested C++, and everything that it stood for, it <laughs> was a horrible time in my life, let's say Scotland was fun, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, get, Getting, I was exposed to um, a drink called Buckfast, <laughs> by oh. <one> my, <laughs> yeah, by one of my Irish friends out there, it was, it was a very interesting time, very interesting time um but yeah you you kind of um find uh the person you want to be or you know the, the 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 tools you want to use um during that process and for me that's 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 how I found what I liked and what I disliked yeah
0: and then you were already in the world of work through college even and through university through running your own business and then when you left university have you been contracting basically since then did you go into any full-time jobs to kind of further build up a a kind of work experience set there because we're in a a world now where people I hear the gig economy come up a lot which is basically like moving from job to job and I I think as we go into the future there's going to be more and more of that people will either be self-employed and have their own contracts or they'll do short-term things and jump between lots of businesses so I'd love to hear more about that.
2: Yeah sure Um, so from university uh, I didn't get a job straight away Actually, I didn't get my first job until two years after university. And um, what I found was that a lot of companies were asking for experience, what experience they have. And, you know, it's, it's that endless loop. Oh, look, I, I need experience. Give me a job. What experience do you have? I don't have any experience. Get a job. I need experience. <laughs> experience, this, that, this, that. And it's the endless loop. Um, so, you know, happy to host actually was quite beneficial to me i would say especially during that time um because it allowed me to work with uh real life clients um don't get me wrong in my own time even uh during the time we were working it wasn't an it, it wasn't a constant flow of business like um there were times where i'd have to you know create work for my own portfolio you know, looking at existing products and seeing ways in which I could redesign it. Um, that's one tip I'd give for anyone looking to build a portfolio. You know, look at existing products. Um, you know, we have websites, we have apps, we have, you know, um, on demand um, video. Just look at those applications and see which ways you can actually redesign it to start building a portfolio. And you could do that with numerous apps just to show your way of thinking. And I ended up doing that during those two years um, that I was working have to host and also looking for my first um, job. Uh, Then when I got my first job, it was um, working at a company called Intuitive, which is a a travel company. Sorry, I'm name dropping. I don't want to name drop and give any kind of (laughs) promotion to them. Um, I was doing that for six months. That that was um, full time. But unfortunately, I was let go because um, they had, prior to me starting, they did have designers, but on a very basic level. And the work I was doing there, I was trying to um, show them how to properly design or the process of properly designing a website. And while they took that on board, they felt that actually, you know what, we could actually do this on our own. So unfortunately, I was (laughs) let go. (laughs) You know, it was full time, that wasn't even a contract. So then after that, um that experience afforded me um to work in Virgin Holidays and I was there for two years. Um Virgin Holidays are based in Crawley. I lived in South London. Um so and there was no remote work in there. So on a daily basis I'd have to travel into London to travel out of London. <laughs> so you right, can imagine right. the, the, the amount of salary. To get to Victoria. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria to Crawley. Yeah, um, like are uh, headed towards Brighton. Um, but yeah, that that took a chunk out of my salary each month, and it you know luckily then I didn't have any responsibilities, so I, I could afford to do it. And you know, taking that trip, uh, hour and a half there, hour and a half back, it you know it took its toll. But um, working for Virgin Holidays, it had given me a wealth of experience that I'd not had before. So that's that's part of the reason why I stayed there for as long as I did. Um, you know, I gained even more experience into uh, user experience design, web design that was customer-facing. You know, seeing how my decisions actually impacted analytics and you know turnaround or user journeys on a on a real working website. Um, so that was that was great. You know, um, we worked closely. We collaborated with um, MC Sachi, um, MC Sachi Sachi Sachi. I can't remember which one's (laughs) the user experience company. Um, You know, they, 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 they focus on uh, developing user journeys, user stories and helping to craft the perfect experience on websites. So we collaborated closely with them as well. Um, So that experience for me was quite beneficial. Um, But yeah, after the two years at Virgin holidays, I decided that I was going to contract because that offered me more flexibility in terms of working my own business, having to host, and then when things got quiet, I could pick up a three-month contract and, you know, do that for the time being, you know, earn a bit of cash and then go back into my own business. So, yeah, gig economy, that's that's definitely the term for it. Um, and that's what I've been doing since, yeah.
1: The uh, the contracting bit, I've got a, a few friends who've kind of made that jump and um, a lot of them sort of went into it imagining they're like, you know, do a good contract for three months, have a month off and, you know, just really relax and then yeah. cherry pick the right job that they wanted next. But it doesn't always pan out like that. <laughs> and yeah. is that your experience too, that you take what you can get and the good yeah. jobs come along when you're already in a contract?
2: Honestly, when I first started out contracting, um, it, you know, it, it was a case where I could actually pick what I wanted because the market was, you know, it was full of design contracts it was it was a beautiful time believe me it was a, it was a lovely time um you know you could do one for three months you didn't fancy it anymore you could go to another company there was a wealth wealth of contracts out there linkedin used to be full of them um but now i'm not sure if you guys are aware of the uh, ir35 legislation that's coming in <laughs> so, yep, new tax rules that. yep meaning that yeah the contracting world is uh it's it, 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 it's finished it, it's pretty much finished it's not going to be the same anyway um so a a lot of people have taken the jump you know back into full-time employee i mean employment and you know whereas previously they wouldn't have considered it but now they're they're kind of finding that their backs are up against the wall because there's there aren't that many contracts out there anymore and they've had to you know take that pay cut you know they've had to you know adopt themselves to now um Taking the twenty-eight days holiday per year, rather than you know a month here, a month there, they've had to make all these changes um, simply because of the times that we're in. So um, yeah, contracting it, it's it's not how it used to be for sure. Um, while it's still out there, the, I'd say it's probably for the 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 those who are professional, professional, professional. You know, those who are very skilled in in their areas that would get contracts, but. Um, as for otherwise, yeah, there's no more trading. That's, that's 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 far from over. Yeah.
0: And what what are your biggest tips for someone that's thinking they want to either be a sole trader, basically be self-employed and do projects for different companies, perhaps, or start a business a bit more like Happy to Host, where you're mm-hmm. just responsible for a client, like you're taking on that client's website and doing all the maintenance, hosting, whatever yeah. design for them. What are your biggest tips for someone thinking about doing that?
2: Uh, for me, I'd say you'd have to have a passion for what you want to get into, um certainly, because there will be difficult times, you know there will be um dry spots where you know you might have business and then it may go quiet for a while. Um, but it's the drive and determination that would you know keep you going. And that will help you turn over clients. Like even this year, um, you know, with COVID and everything, um, things have been quiet on the happy to host front. Um, we've had a few clients, um, but it's been it's been our quietest year to date for sure. Um, but you know, it's it's that we, we still are getting clients, which has given us you know the, the trust that we we are doing what we're doing. What we're doing is actually still correct. We're still heading down the right path. You know, um, sometimes. I've questioned myself, you know, saying, oh, what am I doing? Am I, am I supposed to be doing this? Should I still be continuing this? I, I, I don't know. Should I just go out and find a full-time job? Because, you know, things are going quiet. I, I do get those feelings, you know. Um, it's You are human. It's difficult to, <clears throat> to it, you can't pretend that you don't get those feelings. You can't just shun them off. But um, usually what works for me is I can, I can bounce these feelings off Lawrence and Lawrence vice versa, and we can, Prop each other up. So that would be my second piece of advice. If you can get someone that you can work with, you know, someone who you can trust someone who is on the same mindset as you in terms of um, wanting to develop a personal brand and to build something up. But if of course, that doesn't exist, just have someone that you can talk to that is on that mindset that can help to boost you on a personal level. Yeah,
1: I think this year more than ever, that is really, really good advice uh about sort of sharing because uh yeah you mentioned obviously covid and we are talking at the end towards the end of 2020 yeah. um which has been a year like no other um yeah. and obviously from a from a business point of view you've already you've already touched on that that presented its challenges have you had to like adapt and sort of review the direction you were taking like you say there's been evidence that what you're doing is working but have you had to adapt much this year to try and sort of explore other avenues?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's about adapting and changing. You have to be aware of your current terrain and just understand um, the things around you or what things are changing. And um, particularly where um, businesses are shutting down, you know, they're not after websites at this point in their. They're literally trying to stay afloat and you 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 can see it all over this um so from a happy to host perspective um interesting yeah, there's an interesting point you raised we We've taken a look at um schools because obviously now um schools are offering remote um courses remote classes um and what's been good is um Lawrence's experience alongside yourself ben um um at Google and you know google classroom and um all these features. And we've just had to think about how we could uh, perhaps bring that into our business model and offer that out to help schools to, you know, those who don't actually have any digital team behind them or who are unaware of these features, how they can um, perhaps get online so that they can actually continue serving their students, um, you know, without any hassle of having to get them to come in where, you know, students might not feel comfortable or parents might not feel comfortable sending their kids in Um, so yeah we've had to just look around and see how we could kind of change our services to adapt to the um current situation that we're in
1: yeah i mean obviously people yeah businesses are are not necessarily prioritizing website design as they try and sort of keep the walls from the door but i suppose on the flip side we're all searching for for various bits of information whether i mean i was just checking, I'm all set for the 1st of January for the, you know, we've been warned, we need to be prepared for changes, not, don't know what changes, yeah. but I need to be prepared. Right. Um, yeah. And actually a, a friend of mine did work uh, with the government on the, the gov.uk web experience, right. which is definitely better than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's still a lot of people, obviously. I mean, navigating a website, we all know when we find one that hasn't had uh, the eye of a user experience designer, don't we? Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah. Probably um, like ninety
0: percent plus of all websites, <laughs> isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there one particular. I don't know if you have uh, ever visited Ryanair way back when. Oh, it was it was a complete mess. Um, it just had blocks of content all over the screen and uh, a flurry of colours. Oh, it was it was an eyesore. It was an eyesore, but since they've heard heard the cries of the people, and um, (laughs) they've improved their products. But yeah, they they were particularly bad at the time, yeah.
0: We've talked a bit about how COVID has affected your business and maybe thinking about different ways to to build more business or develop new business, I guess. How has it affected the work that you've been doing on the UX design front? Like, are you having to think about design differently because of COVID? Are there different things to take into account?
2: um i mean certainly the process of ux design yeah that um that's 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 been impacted quite heavily um usually we like to run workshops um with the end client uh you know taking them you know through the process of actually uh thinking about the product itself from a holistic perspective um navigation page layouts um helping them to understand um, what they need for their brand, uh, for their customers. You know, we gather in a room, we do exercises, uh, we have a whiteboard, we have that huge discussion, we're all in the same room. Um, but now, you know, Zoom has become our best friend. You know, Google Hangouts, we've had to um, adapt our way of actually running these classes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting one. It's been an interesting one um, because, you know, collaboration collaboration, um, you know, you require individuals to huddle up into groups. Uh, And since everyone's in the same call, you can't quite do that anymore. So you'd now have to either uh, send them off to go and make their own, you know, little Google Hangouts, gather together, get ideas, or you'd have to just think of different exercises that you could actually do online to, you know, work around. Um, But for sure, uh, the, the process has definitely changed and but it's been beneficial because um you know we've we've now we've kind of fine-tuned it and it's you know it's it's been beneficial for us and that we've you know we've been able to solutionize we've been able to find an answer to the problem so going forward even when things do open up it could be a mix of face-to-face meetings versus you know sessions held online so yeah
1: i think there's a there's a lot of things that pre-2020 you would have said no that has to be in a room together and I think this year has definitely shaken that up so you're not quite as definitive um I think it was Design Sprint Academy who who run Design Sprints uh, funnily enough they they did a video recently where at the beginning of 2020 when this all started happening they said no, you can't do a design sprint, which is like four or five days of a team all in the same place. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you can't do it remotely. They had to, and they've <laughs> yeah, now gone, oh, actually we can. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. Whether that's just really good marketing <laughs> from their <laughs> yeah. point of view, I don't know, but um, other design sprint options are available. Indeed, uh, indeed. But it does you know? kind of sum up that you, actually We have managed. So, I mean, I I don't want to speak too glibly. Like obviously there are some companies that can't adapt quite as easily to being online, Sure, Um, sure. but it's definitely raised a question around that, hasn't it? Of like what needs to be in person and what can be facilitated in different ways.
2: Definitely. I mean, even, um, so I worked previously at HSBC, at Visa, um, but it was more so HSBC that they really had a thing of people not working from home Um, you you certainly could but they didn't believe that productivity would be the same as though if you were in the office Um, but now the people that I speak to um, some guys that I know that are still there you know they're they're fully remote and you know the the HSBC have been forced into this corner you know there's no way around it there's absolutely no way around it and you know they're, they're seeing now that it actually does work and I'm sure that's pretty much the same for a lot of companies now you know, those who were adamant that, no, working from home, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's not going to work for us. Now they're seeing the the true nature of things. You know, when your back is up against the wall, you have to adapt. Otherwise, um, yeah, things won't work out for you. Uh, so these businesses, these big businesses now that have previously said, you can't work remotely, you know, they, this is the only thing they can do now. So they've had to adapt. It's
1: huge change. And I know a number of companies that are looking at their office space and going, well, what do we do with that going forward? If if we've now pretty much got to offer some flexibility, well, what's all that office space for? Um obviously that has a trickle down effect on the kind of businesses that sit around office space and you know that's their footfall.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and also kind of just around where you live. Yeah. The the you know, people have have sort of disappeared off to country cottages with good Wi-Fi um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and kind of, you know, moved out of, of that kind of within touching distance of an office. So there's lots of really interesting things to explore over the next year and um, arguably kind of ripe for innovation. I think yeah. it's definitely pushed people's uh, openness to change uh, to its limit this year. So I'm certainly interested to see kind of what that means in terms of what work looks and feels like. What yeah. workshops? Because, um, like yourself, I do a lot of workshops. and Haven't been anywhere for a long time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah, I, I, I for sure. Yeah, the digital the digital space is definitely going to change. Um, you know, you've got to become more digital now. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, yeah, um, you know, face to face meetings is. I won't say it will come a thing of the past. I mean, you know, we need, we still need that, that thing that makes us human, being around other people. I I, I definitely advocate for that. Um, I, I don't want to get to a world where I'm just stuck inside my house, you know, all day long certainly. and I, I, I can't actually go out to go and meet other people. Um, I, I think, yeah, being around other people, you know, workspaces, all, yeah, all, all these things I think is still important for us, um, certainly in this day and age especially with the year that we've had. We need to reconnect. I think we need to rediscover because, you know, we're all walking around with masks now. I mean, how how is that going to look going forward? You know, our interactions, you know, um, I don't want to get too deep into COVID, but we, we can't see, we, we, right now, we can't see an end to it, you know. Um, mm. Vaccinations have come out. Um, they're saying some people might not even get the vaccine until 22. Uh, what does it look like after that? Who knows? But, um It's certainly the direction that we're heading in, and it will be. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how how things take shape.
0: Absolutely, I think it's going to be really interesting. One of the hardest things I think might happen is that we've all got really used to being staying far away from people. Like before, (laughs) I would be in a group at an event in a circle of people, and we'd all be talking at each other and and like pretty close, right? Like shoulder to shoulder. (laughs) And now we've all conditioned ourselves that we can't possibly be like more than more than a meter closer to a person right that's gonna take change i think um i also saw a tweet earlier on this morning that said now i understand why after the pandemic in 1918 there were the roaring 20s where everyone just dressed up to go anywhere which i (laughs) I thought was really was a was a pretty good take
2: wait i've got my outfit ready i've got my outfit ready (laughs) me.
0: Been so interested in hearing about your story. You clearly have so much natural talent that you've taken through your life, and like really that hard work ethic has allowed you to turn your talent into what you love now as a job. Um, and I, I just wonder, as you think about the future now, what do you see yourself doing? Like, fast forward 10 years, do you think you'll still be in user experience design? Will it change from being tech based to Something more focused in person, something more philanthropic versus business. Do you have anything in mind?
2: Um, I think for me, I'd love to be able to offer opportunities um to those who might be looking for work, um, to, to get into the UX UI design world or development world. Um, you know, even now Lawrence is trying to get me into a, a mind space of thinking like a boss rather than um, getting hands on. Uh, for me, I just, I just love getting hands on. I, c- I can't help myself. I actually just yeah. cannot help myself. But we're we're trying to build a team um, underneath us now, um, and I, I have to start delegating um, pieces of work to um, uh, our staff. And you know, I, I'd rather do it myself. <laughs> I just rather do it myself because, because I, I enjoy it because I enjoy it. But I have to learn to delegate and to, you know, I mean. It, the, the the aim is for the company to for the business to grow um, and to be able to offer job opportunities and for me that that kind of has to start now. So, um, I mean, that's that's definitely one of the things that I see um, going forward in the future. Um, Habitat Hosts is we're pretty much just getting started. I it I want I want to build it to you know to a, to a large enterprise where we're solutionizing and employing you know. Stuff in stuff in the numbers um yeah yeah that's that's my vision
0: it sounds awesome i can't wait to see it happen and i, I feel you when you like i can see that you, you just want to do the design right you love that <laughs> part of it but I, in in some ways it's like you can then make time for yourself to do that for you in your personal time if you can get to a point where the business does just kind of run itself and you are yes. just overseeing and managing
2: yeah 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 um i mean that that, that was certainly that would certainly be the idea, you know I mean I don't even when I am hands off i'm gonna I'll still continue learning simply because I just have an interest in web design and seeing the kind of things that people are doing out there. um I think this this is the final stage of my um creativity, so we're kind of molded from drawing to um graphic design to print design on clothes. To you know, fly design. I, f- I think I'm at this stage. I might I might start picking up my the, the the art side of myself again, the artistic side. You know, see if I've still got it in me. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you're right in saying that. You know, this this where I'm at now. This this I think this is where it where it's gonna um, stay for me. Nice,
0: such a good summary. And I guess then the last thing is for. People that are watching this, that you said you're going to be employing some more team members, you really want to build out a whole company of employees, basically. Yeah. What What would be the top thing that you look for in those people that you're going to hire, so that if someone's listening to this and they're thinking about their skill set, they can start thinking about making sure they have that.
2: Um, <clears throat> for me, um, what set me off was the passion that I had, and I'd like to see. If not the same passion, at least um you know a good amount of passion um you know where and so that they can describe to me where times have been you know tough but they've managed to pull through it it's those kind of experience, experiences that I'd like to hear about um to you know so that we can build them up and we can help them to ride on the passion that they have you know once there's passion, you're prepared to go through. The trials, the tribulations, everything, um, we'll be able to, you know, upskill them to get to the places that they want to be um, in life. So, if not um, sticking within to Host, they can perhaps go off to do greater things. Um, for me, I'd like to see them solutionizing in great, great ways, even beyond what I've been able to do. Um, if I can, you know, upskill someone to do even better than I'm doing, then yeah, that's that's a plus for me.
1: Yeah, those moments when someone comes to you, go, have you seen this? And you're like, oh, <laughs> right, I'm going to disappear yeah. off and put some time into that now that you showed me that.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Do Awesome, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a, a pleasure sort of hearing about the journey that you've taken, and I think there's some real good um, messages and bits of advice for people to take away. Um, just before we finish up, um, is there anything else that in terms of a, um, a bit of advice for anyone sort of starting off their career or if you were to go back and speak to your college self, a little bit of advice that you give to yourself back then?
2: Yeah, um, I think what I tell myself is um, whatever you can do today, do it today. Don't put it off. Um, you know, don't procrastinate. You know, procrastination is the enemy of time. And you know, if you're procrastination, wasting time, you know, you won't get anything done. Um, so that's the first piece of advice I'd give. Um, second piece, uh, I think would be
1: don't take the Paisley course. Don't take the Paisley course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for sure, go explore. Don't be afraid to explore um but i think um yeah the next piece of advice i'll give is don't be afraid of hearing no as an answer or don't be afraid of rejection um because you know that can easily put you down but just pick yourself up and on to the next one the worst anyone can say to you is no if you ask for something that's the worst don't worry about it just pick yourself up eventually one door will open for you um yeah, that's that's the piece of advice I give myself. Yeah. I, think that's I uh, perfect. Love Basically go
1: whatever you're thinking about, go and do it now. And don't worry if it doesn't work out perfectly. Just keep on going.
2: Indeed, that is it.
0: So good. Thank you for sharing.
2: Not at all. Cool. Not Thank you. No, at all. You. Not at all yes. Thank you very much.
0: actually you talked about passion you talked about passion at one point so there is another passion in your life i guess which is beatboxing is that right
2: yes um so also from a very young age um i've been known for just making random sounds it's funny um one experience that i had in secondary school in my science class um we were all sat down you know prepared for lesson and um the teacher she was about to start teaching and just under just under my voice, as if you were listening to it in your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and she could just hear it. <laughs> Who's playing that music? And because it's not headphones, no one went like that. Oh, to, to take their headphones out. No, she Let's couldn't go. see anything. Exactly. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, that that was incredible. Uh, I love that. I, I love that. But yeah, yeah. Um, Oh I, I, I promised Lawrence anytime he gave me a microphone that I'd, I'd beatbox <laughs> for him. So it will probably watch this so um this yeah this one's for him. <laughs> this week on what they do <laughs> hosted by Ben Rouse. <laughs> and Dean Stokes. Into music. that was oh, yeah. amazing well, yeah that's <laughs> yeah, so go. good oh, cheers, cheers. <laughs> I,
0: I love that at classroom example as well I can literally imagine I, could, I used to be a teacher as well, I can rewind being back into a class if a kid did that to me I, I'd like to think I'd laugh at it but it depends on it depends what what class it was I suppose
2: <laughs> yeah she, she was not happy Who's tell that music <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was funny I, yeah no one grasped which was great uh, yeah it funny, funny. <laughs> Yeah, I also,
1: yeah. I also enjoyed the revelation when you were chatting with Lawrence on his um, talk with Tajani that he didn't like you at first at college because uh. you kept on beatboxing. <laughs> 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 it's like that guy always yeah. beatboxing.
2: <laughs> yeah, i was just at random, just quietly to myself. But like if you managed to hear me, um, yeah, it's it's something that just, it just comes out it just comes out even my daughter she started to pick up little bits and bobs you know boom chum boom chum boom chum yeah exactly soon enough she'll gain enough control to you know be making all sorts of percussion noises uh, yeah, it's great it's great the,
1: the family band
2: oh oh yeah oh yeah there you go <laughs> I'll be bringing up my son to it as well no no not <laughs> at all not at all